Hello and welcome to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. My name is Tiago, a Portuguese software engineer that about six months ago decided to quit his job and to focus 100% in bootstrapping my own project. And it's been quite a journey. And if you are a new listener, make sure to go to the first episodes. I know it's there's a lot of episodes can be a little bit scary to just start listening to this it's more than 160 or 70 actually episodes but what i suggest for everyone is just go to the first episode and you see where all started and then you can just pick the episodes that somehow pick your interest you can go with the title or by the description and just go from there because i think there's a lot of things that I've also learned that I shared in the oldest episodes I think everyone should listen to. And I want to start this episode by introducing a new member of our community. And uh, you already know, or if you don't, I'm going to explain to you. If you want to support this podcast, you can either buy me a coffee or you can become a member of our co-working space or virtual co-working space. It's kind of a community filled with entrepreneurs and bootstrappers and indie makers from all over the world. And it's super nice because we help each other, we support each other. We have a Slack channel, we have virtual rooms where we actually work together. So it's really nice. It really feels like being part of a team. And uh, I have been lucky enough to actually have new members coming every week. And uh, this week, I want to introduce to you Lola, she is based in the USA and she's actually building a really interesting uh, product. It's a product studio where she builds projects internally, supports and creates products for clients and invests also in creative capital and new ideas. She mostly works with no-code tools and if you don't know what no-code tools are, make sure to listen to the previous episode I just shared because it's really nice. I interviewed a no-code freelancer and no-code developer. So there's a lot of things that I learned in that episode that I think you will really enjoy. Anyways, welcome to our community, to our family, Lola. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh, if you want to become a member of this community, the link will be in the description. And without further ado, let's start this episode. Burnout is a form of exhaustion caused by constantly feeling swamped. It's a result of excessive and prolonged emotional, physical and mental stress. This is the definition of WMND. Six months ago, when I decided to quit my job, I told myself and my partner that I would put some money aside, what I call my reserve money. And the concept is simple. The moment I start burning this money is the moment I stop being a bootstrapper and I start finding and looking for a new job, a source of income. It's a big enough quantity to last me a couple of months, enough time for me to find a good job so that I don't feel the pressure to accept anything that comes. And so far, it's been fine. I'm still far from actually reaching that reserve money, mostly because of the unemployment money I got from the German government which is really great. And if you want to know more about it, you can just listen to my older episodes. But one thing that I didn't predict is how tough this journey would be mentally. 
And I've heard this a lot of times, you know, I, I, I've learned people saying that starting your own company is one of the hardest things you can do professional-wise, but I didn't fully understand it until now. And I already got this feedback from some of the listeners that I speak too much about money, that I should focus on uh, something else, but I just cannot go around it. Thinking about money and uh, how to get a salary is part of my daily routine as a bootstrapper. It's always present. It's like a black cloud haunting and shadowing every move I do. And because of that, I feel that work should be my priorities. And uh, anything else should be in second place. So I kind of hit pause on my social life, I hit pause on exercising, I hit pause on doing a lot of things I like to do, and uh, I still do some of them, of course, but it's kind of to the bare minimum. There's always the job comes first, let's say. And uh, what I've noticed recently is that slowly all the tasks I do become hard all the tasks I do become a waste of time. And I'm really talking about really small tasks. Let's say that I want to clean the house or to cook a nice meal or just go for a walk. All seems really tiring, really wasteless to do that because I should be focusing on getting the job done, getting a salary. And I tell to myself that once that's done, once I achieve that minimal salary that basically allows me to live and not to burn my savings, I'm able to basically go back to my life, kind of hit the resume button in my social life and all the other things, traveling and so on, all the other things that I like to do. And it's funny because when I was chatting with Lucy in one of my interviews, she told me that before they were making salary, they were basically focusing on their project because they wanted to make money. And now that they are making money, they are focusing on their projects because they just want to grow. And uh, I feel that if I don't establish these boundaries right away, I will never establish them in the future. It will become much, much harder in the future. And last week, what I felt was that I was kind of reaching a breakdown. And um, the concept of breakdown, it was very abstract always to me. And I remember even asking this to doctors, what, what are actually the symptoms? Like, it means it seems so abstract. And I've heard a lot of people that they tell me that what they do when, when they had a break, breakdown or what happened to them was that they couldn't move. They couldn't do anything. They couldn't watch TV. They couldn't go out. You're just like super overwhelmed. And it's very an abstract thing to do. And it's really hard for others to understand it, right? When you say that you are feel, feeling very low, that you don't want to move, you don't have any energy, what your friends and loved ones want to tell you is, okay, go out, go do something else. They don't understand unless they, of course, went through it as well. And uh, last week, that's kind of what I was feeling. I felt that like every time I was, let's say, washing the dishes, I was feeling anxious that I just wanted to get rid of this task quickly so that I could go back to work. And anything else was basically the same. I don't want to socialize. I don't know any, any of that. And then I also felt that when I was working, I was feeling overwhelmed that I didn't want to do that and I, I didn't know what to do. And it kind of felt that my head was about to explode somehow. And 
I don't know. I, I, I really felt that something was wrong. And luckily, I had planned some kind of short break in the countryside of Portugal. So I went and, and met my grandpa in the countryside and were there for four days. And I really forced myself to slow down. I didn't stop fully. I was still on Twitter. I was still on social media. But I, I kind of forced myself to stop. So I scheduled a bunch of tweets so that I didn't have to come up with ideas. And I tried to rest. And what I've noticed is that slowly... I was able to go back to do this simple task. I was able to wash the dishes or cook without feeling anxious and to try to read. It's so hard for me to read now. It's crazy. I have a book that I want to read, but taking the time and putting the time aside to actually open the book and read, I cannot focus for more than one page without thinking, okay, I need to go back to work. And uh, everyone that I speak with that had a breakdown, they tell me that it's really simple or at least the actions that we should take to avoid having a breakdown and to get out of it are kind of simple, like, I don't know, exercise or read or force yourself to relax. But we all know what we should do, but no one does it. Because you need to kind of go against your will and really break this, I guess it's kind of a work addiction, right? I, I spoke about uh, being a workaholic and I think that's what it feels like. Like you're really addicted to work. Like it's somehow, it's not chemical addiction, but it feels like it. It feels that if you don't do it, it, it you feel bad. And uh, after a while, after really taking a break and forcing myself to rest, I felt much better. And now what I'm trying to do is really to force myself to only go to Twitter maybe twice a week, a week, maybe three times a day and uh, really don't force too much. Take my time to rest. I know it's going to be hard. And I, I, I probably spoke about this already in another episode somehow related to this, but it, it's scary also to, to feel like I, I felt before and hopefully I'm able to control so that I don't reach that point ever again. And to be honest, this is not only good for your mental health. It's also very valuable for your project. In this time that I was able to slow down, I actually got to put my ideas into perspective and actually came up with a much better plan to what to do next. When you are working too much in your project, you get this kind of funneled vision and uh, you don't see anything else besides it. And if you take a step down, you kind of see things from a different perspective. And uh, I came up with this new idea or maybe a new concept rather to see project building that it might seem very simple for you but for me it was kind of a revelation and the idea is when you're building your project there's two main components there's the building part and there's the sales part i love the building part it's really something that i adore doing and i really i've learned a lot and i think i became quite good in building products on uh, basically releasing fast getting the feedback from your users, iterating, making simple UIs, simple landing pages that people understand. I think I kind of, I wouldn't say master it, but I'm, I'm getting good at it. And I think I, I reached the point where I can say that, okay, I know how to build a product. But then there's another part, the sales part, the marketing. And for people that love building products and don't know anything about marketing, 
what we tend to do is if the sales are not happening, if we don't get any customers, if we don't get the growth rate that we expect, we go back to the building part and we reiterate. And that's what I've been doing. I'm always thinking, okay, what can I build next that will improve my sales? And that's kind of a wrong perspective. I should learn more about sales. I should learn more about marketing. And they are completely different concepts. For building a product, as I said, you need to build fast, you need to iterate and get the feedback of the user. But for sales, for marketing, it's a different approach. You actually need to spend more time before actually releasing. So that's why you need to prepare a launch. If you want to release or launch on Reddit or if you want to launch on Product Hunt, to be successful, you need to understand the platform and you need to make sure that everything is aligned. You have a community. You need to make sure that a lot of things are aligned before actually doing the launch. And uh, since I always had my product building mindset, what I always do is, okay, let's go to Product Hunt. Let's take 10 minutes to fill up the form and bam, launch it. Let's see if I get some users. And most of the times I get zero users. Then I get frustrated. Then I go back to building and try to reiterate on building. But what I should have done is to actually take my time. Same with Twitter, same with anything you do marketing-wise, you should not, or that's kind of my theory now, is that we should not release right away. So what I did was I took a step down. I kind of rethink my whole marketing plan. I scheduled a lot of tweets already ahead, and I found the tweets that actually work the best for me are actually the memes. Meme marketing actually work. And if you haven't heard that interview or that episode I did about meme marketing, you really should. I did it with Dagobert. It's really great. And meme marketing actually works. So I kind of saw which tweets were giving the most link clicks, which tweets were giving the most profile views and followers. And those are the tweets I'm focusing on. I'm focusing, as I said, then meme marketing. I'm focusing on sharing the audiograms of my episodes because they always bring new clicks. And I am focusing also on asking questions to bootstrappers that actually usually gets a lot of answers, which is great. And uh, actually this week I shared my landing page and now we're already getting into the project updates. But I shared my landing page on Twitter. I asked, please give me feedback on my co-working or my community landing page. And they gave me really, really good feedback. And I immediately took this feedback and I basically used it. And I think now the landing page looks much, much better. And again, it's me trying to fix the sales problem with building the product and I have to really stop doing that. But at least now I think that the conversion rate hopefully will be better, I guess. I don't know. This week, I also did something really interesting. I decided to promote a tweet and I have promoted tweets before. But now that I have the community, it's... The business model is very simple, right? Like I just need to convert users that check my tweets to actual community members. So it's easier than, for instance, change it, my climate change app, because then I needed to convert people to users and then users, I would need to convince them also to buy the sustainable products to actually get money. But here, the money path is very simple. They like what they are seeing, they become members and they start paying me four euros per month, right? So I decided, okay, let's try it out. And I was a little bit afraid that uh, by doing so, Twitter then 
would somehow learn that I have money and they would just promote less my tweets. So far, I don't think that that actually happened. And uh, I promoted, I paid actually 50 euros, 50 euros for one day, which is an absurd amount of money for for some ads, but okay. And uh, it actually got about 9,000 impressions. And, uh, well, let me tell you what the tweet said. Basically, the tweet said, Our virtual space will help you build your projects by connecting you to resources and bootstrappers from all over the world. And then there's the learn more link that people could just click and then they would go to my my landing page. And this was, by the way, with the old version of the landing page. Maybe I should do now another with the new version just to see if it works better. But yeah, I got 9,000 impressions. 180 link clicks, which is a lot. And do you know how many members I got from this? Zero. So really, I spent 50 bucks and I got zero members. And I know that some people out there me, yeah, Tiago, you need to invest more money. But it's absurd, right? I got 180 people. Supposedly, they were my target people because what I did was I got the members, that are people that are on Twitter are already member of the community and I said, give me people like them and it just didn't work at all and that's kind of my experience with these ads, is that like you have to spend a lot of money to get it working, maybe it's worth it now that I have a clear path to money, so maybe I can spend a thousand bucks and then if I hit the nail, then I just get a lot of users and then I can get my money back but uh, I don't know. I won't be doing a lot of this. Maybe I'll do one more just to try out the new version of the landing page just because I think it's a good experiment, but uh, that's it. Besides that, I also decided to do my own kind of Black Friday deal. I called it Green Friday. And the reason why I did a Green Friday deal is because I absolutely hate the concept of Black Friday. People just normally buy a lot of things that they don't need and i i think it's stupid i mean i think companies should always do their best prices and that's it and like the fact that now companies suddenly just decide to reduce the prices and people just buy in bulk things they don't need i i don't like it i I know there are some good use cases and to be honest i myself bought some products in the black friday because I really needed them. I just moved to a new place and there's a lot of things that I absolutely need. So in that sense, it was kind of good. But anyways, what I decided to do is a Green Friday deal. And I told them that every new customer, I didn't change the prices, the prices were the same, but every new customer that would then come and become a member of the community, I would donate that monthly fee to a project of my choosing against climate change, a project that is really dear to me And this project is called In the Same Boat. And it's super, super cool. It's basically a team, the Norwegian team, and they basically get a bunch of volunteers and they clean the coastlines of Norway. They remove all the kind of trash, debris, plastic, and so on. And they do it in a voluntary basis. And it's a small project. That's kind of the reason why I picked them, because in the end, I only made 20 bucks. And uh, it's obviously this won't pay for anything. It pays maybe for a meal or something. But uh, I it's, I also wanted to work with the motivation, right? So I wanted to say, hey, we are here to support you. Because sometimes when you get a donation, it's not only about actually the money. It's about someone believing in your project, someone supporting you. And every time I get a new member or a donation, I feel on the top of the moon. Like, okay, I'm, I really feel the support. So that's what I did. And... Uh, 
I think it worked nicely. I did then a tweet about it and I got a couple of likes, which is also nice. And it was kind of my way to contradict the spirit of Black Friday with a Green Friday. Yeah, and that's basically it for the project updates. And I guess I worked a lot also in marketing this time, even though I also spent a lot of time with the landing page, etc. And uh, there was actually something else that happened. It's not work, or I guess a little bit work. It's very interesting. Listen to this. And the topic of today's uh, presentation is to make sustainability achievable to everyone in all the spectrums of the world. Uh, I think that everyone should be able to help in this fight against climate change. Sorry for the sound, is not very good, but this is me actually giving a presentation about climate change to high school students. There is a project, a European project with students from all over Europe that actually came here to Portugal and I got invited to speak about change it and to speak about climate change and I really loved it for two main reasons. First of all, because the students were super engaged. I'm super passionate about the topic even though I haven't worked on it for a couple of weeks and to actually speak about it and to teach things to students that they are the new generation they're actually going to be crucial also in this fight against climate change. It was really, really interesting and I really loved it. And I also realized that this is a great way for you to sell your products and to gain an audience. And I guess that's why a lot of people that do talks and uh, meetups, they have generally a big audience because when they see you and they are there and they can ask questions to you and there were actually a lot of questions, I don't know, you immediately create a relationship or, or trust bonds and uh, that's crucial to get an audience. So I think it was also very interesting and I should do more of those. And that's why I should also speak more in other podcasts, etc. I just don't have the time to kind of promote myself. But it was lovely. I really enjoyed it. And it was really, really nice. And uh, yeah, that's it for my project updates. Now it's for real. And uh, now I just want to finish this episode with the two tools for bootstrappers that I think they are really interesting and uh, the first one is actually called Plausible and Plausible is some kind of Google Analytics but uh, it's it's a freemium model you get uh, try I'm actually in the trial period I'm not sure if I can get it fully for free but uh, it works the same as Google Analytics you have like a JS snippet that you can just put in your website but one thing that I really enjoy that at least Google Analytics doesn't showcase this information as clearly as possible, is that they show you your top sources and they show you which pages in your website these top sources actually visit. So when I look at it, I can see that there's Twitter, Reddit, Hacker News, Google, and this is amazing for me to actually build my marketing plan. So I just came here and saw, okay, most of the people are coming from Twitter and those are going to the co-working page. So this means Twitter is a good source of users. I should invest more on Twitter. And then Reddit. And I thought, okay, I didn't invest that much on Reddit, but I still get a lot of users from Reddit. So I should invest also more on Reddit. So it's really a great way for you to analyze where your users are coming from and uh, where you should actually invest your time. So I absolutely love Plausible. There's a lot of other cool features and cool integrations that you can do with Plausible that I haven't explored, but I think it's a great tool. And the other tool that I want to talk about is called HubSpot. HubSpot is a CRM platform. It's huge, super powerful. You can do basically 
the whole customer experience there. You can do email, you can do a lot of things. But I'm using HubSpot for one specific feature, which is the in-website chat. So you know when you go to a website or a SaaS product and there's a little bubble, chat bubble, on normally on the bottom right corner where you can actually chat with people? That's what I wanted to try it out, and it's super easy to do. I, again, it's just a JavaScript snippet. It's completely free, and I added, and I already got some messages. It, it's not working amazingly, to be honest. I'm, most of the messages I got are just from people in the community. They were curious about this feature, so I'll probably maybe remove it if I don't have time to actually improve it and, and make it work, because now it's working in all of the pages. I, I only wanted to work on the landing page. I'm not sure if that's possible, probably it is, but uh, I just wanna say, if you wanna try to have a chatbot in your website, HubSpot is super simple to implement and really nice. And I'm, I'm not sponsored by any of these companies, by the way. This is me, the only way I get money is with coffees and membership. So this is me genuinely sharing these tools and tips because I think that might be useful for you as a bootstrapper. And that's it, the end of today's episode. I hope you found it useful. And if you do, if you like this podcast, I really need your help to share it with your friends. So make sure to share it with other entrepreneurs in your community, in your social media, because that's my way of growing. So that would really mean the world to me. Also, if you use a streaming platform that allows you to leave reviews, please do. If you're using Apple, for instance, you can leave a review that would mean the world and really, really be helpful. And of course, you can contribute by paying me a coffee and the link will be in the description or you can become a member and by becoming a member you get access to the virtual co-working space and you get access to other content for the podcast for instance now i will just share a print screen of plausible and my metrics so that everyone can see and everyone that is a supporter or a member so if you also only buy a coffee you also get access to this you can access to this kind of complementary information of this episode. Besides that, I am about to interview KCD. I hope everything goes well. And uh, she is a software developer, also a spokesperson. And she is has a super interesting story to tell. And I'm super excited to speak with her. She participated in so many hackathons. That's crazy. And uh, the interview will be out this coming Thursday. And uh, yeah, this was another wannabe entrepreneur. See you around.